All right. I've forgotten how to do this because it's been a little while since we've all been on the show together. Well, here we go. You've got to start us off now that you're back. I guess we won't get off topic yeah. this time with options or anything scary. Who knows what could happen? I, I had a few pops if we had an early day. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we share the tools to improve your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence. Gentlemen, oh, how's your roadmap day. these days? Uh, pretty bumpy. <laughs> I need a marine chart, not a roadmap now. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yes. Yeah, you know, it's uh, a lot of volatility out there. You, the, the worst part is my uh, low-budget used iPhone is too small for the fancy uh, marine apps they have now. You can get all sorts of charts on your phone, but mm. it's too small to see, so I'm just going to have to live with it and use paper charts. Well, don't you also have to hand in your FI card because you bought a boat? Yeah, I noticed on the last show you ribbed me about that a little bit, but my <laughs> in my defense, there were, there were two planned trips for 2020 they got wiped off the books and that money was already earmarked so it basically that money got repositioned into another um shall we call it a uh, uh an experience generating asset perfect you can call it generating. an asset how about an experience generating liability uh, that thank okay, you fair. yes <laughs> that's more accurate all right speaking of liabilities i have a beverage and I am, I'm, for all the listeners out there, I am actually on, well, I shouldn't say on duty because I'm definitely not on duty, but I am away at work. So I apologize for my audio because I'm on a satellite internet connection. Are you in Washington in State? In remote British Columbia. Well, that's, I was just going to say, it's a little ironic because I am drinking Rainier beer and some wow. people, everyone says like, that's from those old commercials, <laughs> Rainier, the beer out here. And so I will finish my story, though, before I see what you guys are drinking. Rainier is actually brewed in Canada by the Stroh's Brewery in Ontario now. So I am drinking a Canadian beer with a Washington State name. So cheers. 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 No, no blurb there? Uh, it basically just says naturally brewed mountain fresh taste since 1878. And I don't know. I, it's just a nice, easy, light beer, to be honest. I mean, it's not a light beer, but it's a light drinking beer. I was just pouring my beer all over myself looking for the blurb. <laughs> Perfect. Nice what are you drinking there? But, but I found it. I have an OK Springs 1516. 1516 is a smooth, no-nonsense kind of lager. From a much less serious kind of place, and then it goes into French. <laughs> uh, i'm sure uh, it just repeats the same thing in french uh well i was saving these for when all three of us were back together but i bought these at the start of the july and i don't want to date the show but it is now mid-september and i have not seen you guys yet so <laughs> i am drinking a winter long brewing hazy junction ip uh hazy pale ale sorry very nope. good. Is there still no one? Left? Is there still one left for me? Uh, there won't be after tonight. I can tell you that. <laughs> That's rough action. That's what I'll be drinking next episode. Perfect. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I managed to get the economist his, but uh, the mechanic hasn't uh, picked his up yet. Right. Well, I will be by to pick up beverages at some point in the near future. Uh, as for this evening, we are all worlds apart as usual, and we are coming to you with a discussion about 
spousal finances? Is that what we're calling it? Or uh, how to money with your significant other? Or uh, why does your wife spend too much money? I don't know what's it called. <laughs> I'm sure that title will go over really well. You should go with that. <laughs> well, you did realize that I'm the only one that actually has been on the show. I lubed up my wife with enough beverages to come on and chat with me about finance on the FI Garage. So you guys are still due for your spousal uh, episodes. But anyway, tonight, we'll just have a discussion amongst ourselves about maybe it's be a one-sided discussion of how we handle finances in our... Oh, I guess I get to start. Okay. Are yeah. we going to edit out this <laughs> lag you're having or what? That'll make it easier for our listeners than it is for us. <laughs> yes, yes, it will. That's why it's much easier if I just keep talking than stop and look at you guys and wait for you to <laughs> respond to what I've said. You go right yeah, ahead. Yeah, just, just carry it. <laughs> All right. Spousal finance. I don't even like that name. Money don't you with hate your, it when somebody money uses with your, your chair and they f*** it up? Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> uh, have you please put some WD-40 on that chair yet? Because every edit I try and do, I hear the squeaking of the recliner. No, it's a new chair. Oh, new chair. New chair, that's no nice. more squeaks. Oh, nice. Luxury. Yeah. yeah, it's usually luxury, but then somebody Fantastic. moves well, it. And... You think it would have one of those buttons like the fancy cars where it just reverts to the original settings that you like. That, that is nice. Those, yeah, that's for sure. I guess it's not a Tesla chair. <laughs> No, it should be. First world problems. Oh, no. Everybody has this problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's, here's how we're going to start then. Because somebody was in your chair, uh, Mr. Economist, and more than likely it was your significant other. So you get to start how you guys handle finances as a couple or if you do or not. How does that play out? Well, yeah, we um, we do handle finances as a couple, and I'm a bit complicated guy, right? So, <laughs> international man of mystery, I believe. <laughs> we both throw some money in some different accounts that we use for things like travel and housing and uh, other things, and we kind of came up with our individual budgets together. And when I say budgets, I mean, okay, we have these monthly expenses, let's pay them. And then whatever's left over is left over after we pay ourselves, of course. Of course. Um, but uh, as far as, as spending together, we put some money into different accounts and then we each have our own spending account too. So if we're going on vacation or something, we'll pay for that or the money we put together together. And if we're going for... Uh, pedicures uh we <laughs> we spend our own money on that makes sense do you do you allocate those different um savings as a percentage of your incomes to make it fair or how does that discussion go no we're totally unfair we could put an equal <laughs> equal amount into those accounts but i guess we kind of fair it up around the edges where we have uh you know, this one expense that she pays for and then this other expense that I pay for and we decide that to make it equal, I guess. So the the person who... Oh, beep, beep. You hear that? I did, yes. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Golden Knights lost tonight. Nobody's happy. 
Podcast Etiquette 101, episode 37. Turn your phone off. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, we kind of like rough around the edges, make it equal, but for the together accounts, we, we put in equal amounts. Right. Gotcha. So, I'm getting that it's you're running finances separate, mm-hmm. but you for combine the- on mutual expenses. Right. Well, yes and no, because we're also running the side expenses together. You know, if, if a person has a Tesla payment, <laughs> one of us will make that. And if a person has, uh, you know, a life insurance payment, somebody else will make that sort of thing. It's apart, a but together. So. so it's a hybrid model is what it you're It is using. a hybrid model. It's a very complicated model I don't recommend to anybody. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I'm hearing right now is that this is not a great strategy. No. Well, it is. It works you for know, us. You know, but. well, okay. That, and maybe that's a, one of the takeaways is you got to find what works for you. Right. You know that your strategy is complicated when you have trouble explaining it to your friends. Totally. On a podcast. Yeah. Well, I yes. go for the most complicated <laughs> strategy so that I'm intimate with it because I have to learn it. <laughs> all right fair enough all right well uh accountant give us your uh overview okay so we chose to do things much simpler when we first started dating we just got ourselves we used to play credit card roulette so we would sit down at a table and anytime we both went out for like dinner or drinks or whatever you know obviously after we'd been dating for a little while we would play credit card with roulette with the server now here comes the problem you, no, there's no, that is just my fun. Card. That is just fun. <laughs> Every time the server would pick my card, N- hands down. But anyway, that's. You got to get a smaller card. I, it's, anyway, call, this is Call just, up Visa, say I want the smallest card I want, you can I print. want the microchip card is yeah. what I want. <laughs> but so after that, we ended up getting a joint credit card when we were kind of, you know, after we had been dating for a little while um, that we just both made equal payments to just on anything that both of us were spending. And then when we first lived together, um, I had bought a condo, so she would pay me rent, kind of even it out that way. But nowadays what we do is, you know, everything just goes into one account. We have a joint credit card that we spend all of our stuff on. We pay for all of, you know, like all of our investments get funded out of that, everything, like all of our money just goes into the one account. And then the one thing that we do that I highly recommend is we have an allocation every couple of weeks when we get paid of just like guilt-free your money. You can do whatever you want with. So that's what you get your pedicures with. That's what you get your pedicures with. Exactly. And I think it's important to have that. I've heard of people that just like combine all of their finances, but then you get upset at your significant other if they spend money on something or whatever, if it doesn't align with what your particular goals were. And I think it's important to still, even if you're combining finances, keep money that's yours so that you can spend it on whatever you want. You know, like the new keg fridge I want to buy for the new house, that's probably going to come out of my money. Okay. Here's a question out of your money. Are you allowed to do a subscription? Yep. Hmm. Interesting. So, did they get to participate in the subscription for free? <laughs> well, I mean, that would be up to you. I mean, if you both want it, we would just pay for it out of joint money. Is what, that where what you're going with that? Are you hoping that I'm getting here? <laughs> well, I don't know. Netflix. 
let's say let's just pick an easy one that just gonna, comes out of joint funds yeah but no 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 because if i'm your significant other i'm gonna say i don't want netflix okay I'm, but you know i'm gonna make you pay, pay, for, pay for it out of your money no but for instance like my wife doesn't want to watch sports all the time. So I pay for the Dazzin subscription so that I can watch football and the Premier League and Champions League. But then League. doesn't she watch sports sometimes? No. <laughs> I can confirm that no, that is not the case. This is how you guys get off track when you're recording by yourselves. Oh, we're never, yeah, we're probably, are you, you even going to, are you even going to allow us to record by ourselves ever again? We'll probably start talking about like Ponzi schemes and, <laughs> Some kind Pontine. of crazy, Pontine. <laughs> some kind of crazy multi-level marketing. We should start an FI Garage right. Tontine. <laughs> yeah, because Tontines are totally legal. Oh man, good thing I have the final edit. Okay, so it sounds like <laughs> the is you have a pretty uh, blended finances. <laughs> Highly unlikely. Ridiculous. So it's going in the show notes. Oh, Tontine's for sure I would going say in the show notes. Rainier's not a strong enough beer for this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my story is as follows. We started off and one thing I was going to bring up, we'll ask you guys afterwards, but a lot of this discussion about, you know, your partner or spousal finances is, going to depend on how long you've been in a relationship together and sort of what stage the relationship's at. Or how long you expect we, to be in I've a been relationship. To... <laughs> oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess if there's that angle, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Assuming your expectation is till death do you part, quote unquote. Um, then it doesn't matter yeah, how no, long Yeah, we started off. Together. I mean, all right, just, are you going to let me talk or not? You want to do your own show again? A little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> One of the things that I found changed as the relationship progressed was the discussions about money because I think most people start out separate. And as you said there, economist, you've maintained, you've created a, uh, a system that works for you that is somewhat separate, but uh, joined. And one of the things that we did was we were, we were kind of running a bit of the same program. And I actually felt that it created a little bit of stress in the relationship because it was always like, did you pay for that? Uh, do I have to pay for this? Trying to keep things as fair as possible, but without having a really good structure to our finances. This is way before we understood about finance and, and, and financial independence, all the rest of it. So it, it, it brought a little bit of stress to the relationship. And one of the things that we did when we joined everything was it completely freed us of those discussions about how much people earned, how much people spent, and where it went and how it was allocated. It just made things a lot easier. It completely removed that discussion. So all of our income goes into one fund or basically one checking account, which pays for everything. And unlike you, account we just keep everything in there so we have an agreement that if there's something that you want it's it doesn't need to be a discussion you can get it so you just get and your pedicures whenever you want whenever i want perfect but part of that is being mindful and having trust in the other person that you're on the same page and you you understand what the other person values and if they 
spend some money on something they value, you respect that. And that's just the way it is. Right. Then, then it removes the discussion about it of going like having to justify it. I like your model accountant where it's like, well, it's in my fund. I can do whatever I want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've found that that works really well. I mean, especially if you have something that you value more than your partner. Yes. You know, or that I mean, they might have a hard time understanding why you value mountain bikes. Probably yeah, I don't, not something she's going to understand. Nobody understands that. Well, fair enough. Well, I think this discussion comes up a lot when we see talk about. I mean, we've already talked a little bit about on the show about uh, reticence and getting into financial independence and mustachianism and trying to get your significant others on board with, you know, paying yourself first being mindful, some frugality, whatever it takes to, to streamline your finances and your saving and investing, right? So that's one hurdle to get over. And one of the things that worked for us was by combining everything, we could easily split out. Okay, so now here's maybe this is the next question is everything goes into one place, which funds all costs. But from that one place too, we also divert that money into our investments, so oh, you just stole my segue. Start off with. Oh, did I? Okay, well, yeah. go ahead and segue then. Where did what do you do? No, with your you, you're so that was no, where you're, I was going. So, okay, go ahead, go ahead. You're right along the line. Like, okay, it all goes okay. in there. Yeah, well, yeah. I so mean, it's the, one one bucket that it all goes into. And I mean, it's easier and when it comes TFS, out. We, sorry, it's easier when your TFSA is full, right? Because then it's only a five grand each a year for TSFA. That's easy. And if you're, if you're maxing everything every year, it's easy, easy, easy. But maybe for those who are not quite full, that's a little different discussion. And then maybe you want to talk to the accountant about it. Talk to me about it. Well, yeah, where, where is the best place to divert your investment dollars between two people, right? Well, yeah. And I mean, that's coming from if you have a completely combined finances, there's going to be so many different factors. But like, for instance, if you and your significant other together want to fund both of your RRSPs, I'm not going to talk TFSAs because it doesn't have the same implications. But for example, RRSPs and you make $150,000 a year and they make $50,000 a year. Well, it just makes sense to fund yours you're at a higher tax bracket. Like there's some easy low hanging fruit and for like you, that. And for you to fund a spousal in addition to yours, right? Ex- exactly. Yeah. So there's some low hanging fruit like that, but I mean, at the end of the day, right. The, it doesn't really matter. Again, the plan being to never separate your finances. So if one person's TFSA is full first and then you fill the other person's later, like, it's a tax-free savings account. So when you're pulling the money out, there's not the tax consequences. So that's not as big of a deal, but it's more important like the taxable accounts. I mean, now you can have joint accounts where you just split the income, but again, that's where some more strategic tax planning can come into play where, well, I'm planning on working for 10 more years, but they're planning on stopping. All of our registered accounts are full. We should probably fill up their account that's taxable because they're going to be at a lower tax rate because they've stopped working and I'm still working. That's kind of where you can get into some of the nuances. Spousal Fi. Spousal Fi. There you go. 
Is that our third topic? <laughs> Spending, investing, and spousal five? Well, let's carry on with the discussion about the from the investment side of it. Are you joint with your investment choices or is one person sort of driving the bus on that or is that individual as well or how does that look, economist? Oh, I was hopeful the accountant would take the first shot at that one. Um, well... Ours is pretty easy because most of our money is in real estate. So we're joint on all of our properties. So it's 50-50 on the rental houses. Um, and then we haven't maxed out registered. So it's not really a... But are you both investing in index all the time? No. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the way I have run it is um, the smart money is my wife's because she's smart and the stupid, <laughs> the stupid play money is in my account. So she's indexing and you're gambling. Correct. <laughs> I mean, I, I also own index funds, but she is solely in index funds. I dabble in some other things. Right. And I should also note that her investments are kicking my investments ass. <laughs> yeah. So for us, She's chosen her index funds and I've chosen my index funds. And then any kind of alternative real estate type investments, we, we decide together. Now, does it, how does that look from a month to month point of view? Do, do you handle the transfers into the TFSA and the buys of the ETFs? Or is that something that you both do? That's, I guess, what I was right. getting at a little bit before. Yeah, so all the transfers in are automatic, but I have to do all the buys. But she's dictated what she's buying. So it's like a small mechanical process on my side for that. But all the deposits are all automatic. And then... When we, we get into an alternative type situation, we kind of take it out of what we call our housing account, which is kind of a housing slash investment account. Theoretically, it's for gotcha. buying a house, but since we're not buying a house, right? we do other things with it. Gotcha. What about you, mechanic? What's, uh, what's the breakdown spread? Well, so we each allocate a monthly, we have a goal monthly for our savings and investments you each and do so that's automatically get we each do yeah N not together i thought everything because we went have into one, one it goes into one bucket and that bucket has different spigots on it <laughs> so you can they they turn you can flow differently out of the bucket <laughs> so so the, we we each siphon off this bucket to our own individual tfsa and rrsp accounts right equally because there's there no well, that's a good question. Because <laughs> then, is it, uh, then it's not one yeah, bucket. It actually, no, but I mean, okay. We're, the goal is to max TFSA every year, right? right? right. So whatever monthly payments are, that we're paying ourselves come out of there, the goal is that both will be full at the end of the year. That's the first goal, right? Now, when it gets into the TFSA, we each have independent control of our own TFSA trading accounts. And we don't talk a lot about what's going on back and forth. And oh, so she could be day trading. And, 
I was, I'm really, oh, totally. I, yeah, I don't audit her TFSA at all. <laughs> nice. But one of the things, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no yearly update or we, anything? Well, I was, this is what I was going to get to too, was the uh, little, the finance meetings. We'll get to that in just a second. Okay. Family finance, you know, fri- family finance Fridays with uh, a fresh beverage. <laughs> so once it's in the TFSA, then it's, you know, she has the ability to choose the investment. We spend a lot of time discussing it because we also believe that both of our portfolios should have more of a holistic approach so that our, you know, they, they have some form of alignment rather than, you know, being totally wishy-washy and having all sorts of weird investments that don't really align with the whole approach of where we want to be and when we're FI. Your there's MO freedom, is kind of wishy-washy. But, then, but there's a direction. <laughs> and a well, bit I'm not going to lie that I do like to play with different... <laughs> A little bit of everything, but a lot of that's come on. A lot of that's just play money. Of course, um, you know it, it. You do get to have a little bit of autonomy, and I think that there's some value in that for your partner to feel like they're involved in it. And I also felt that as my wife gained more education and more understanding and more comfort with different types of investments and the risk involved and and what they meant, it really kind of empowered her and she's like i i'm it motivates you to put more money in to savings investment when you understand and you see it doing work for you so what do family finance meetings look like i thought you were the one talking about your family finance meetings i'll jump in then we kind of sit down and go over if we met our goals that month it's a monthly thing for us 30 minutes maybe and and just check out if we overspent, underspent, or uh, met our goals, if we need to change things because our income's changed, that sort of stuff. I will go ahead and admit that we don't have them. My wife is so tired of me talking about finances that she will not sit down with me and talk about them. <laughs> we need to go do more play with your little podcast and talk about money. Yeah. Correct. We need to do more podcasting for the accountant's marriage. (laughs) We need to start two a weeks. Probably. Probably a good plan. (laughs) She knows the general picture, but she also knows that I wake up every morning, pour a bottom of coffee, and start looking at spreadsheets and does not care that much. So I can't um, say I blame her. Kind of going back to what the uh, mechanic asked me, do you do the actual investing in her accounts? Yes. I'm not entirely sure that she knows how to log into her TFSA. <laughs> the mechanic's on the move. Oh, yeah. Where is he going? Oh, did he go? Is this, a, is this a beer run with computer in hand? Wow. Are you on a phone? Well, naturally. No, I'm on my laptop. Okay. Usually I just unplug right and go get my not, beer. Not a whole lot of beer in a can. That's fair. Fair enough. That's fair. So what I was thinking along the lines of um, for the, the money meetings is I too can, I'm guilty of talking way too much about personal finance and money at home. And I get turned off fairly, fairly often. I get the, uh, the phone comes up and the uh, whatever ignore me mode is on. Uh, anyway, no, we do, we do discuss different where we're invested and because 
we have multiple ETFs. It's nice to just sit and look. And it's gotten a little complicated because she has a Lira that we're now in control of, an RSP and a TFSA, and a non-registered. And I have a TFSA, an RSP, and a non-registered. So it's complicated enough that we need to make a spreadsheet and lay everything out so that we can look at all our positions and where, what sort of percentage allocation we have there to try and keep some sort of order to what our overall goal is from a holistic Plus to remember I think that's what the you hardest have thing. because you have a thousand different investments for $7. Yeah, well, I don't even count those. <laughs> <laughs> those aren't even counted. <laughs> I think you've tried Did I tell you in tech I bought the platform? Yeah. Ever. I, it's a public service that I provide. I know. I appreciate it. You got, are you and a hotel? Here you go. Here, well, okay. So that's so a funny story. How that came up was, you know, I, I'm fairly active in the uh, Choose FI Canada Facebook group. And there was the hypothetical question that gets thrown out there. What would you do with a hundred K? And one of the responses was, I'd buy a hotel room in Batumi. So I'm like, where's Batumi? So I'm sitting at my computer, Google up Batumi. I'm like, hey, Batumi's a pretty interesting little place. It's in Georgia on the Black Sea and doing a little research. And sure enough, you can buy a hotel room in Batumi. So uh, I haven't bought it yet, but I've actually, this guy's been emailing me relentlessly all week. <laughs> so it's the hard sell. That's always comforting. That is comforting. <laughs> yeah. I, but I he, thought- He gave me COVID pricing. I, I thought it was 10K, not 100 Turns out 10's a down payment. Oh, that's less enticing. Yeah. Oh, the other public service that I did this week for everybody that listens to the show is there is a new fintech in Canada. It's the first peer-to-peer private lending platform that has it just came out in August. It's called GoPeer. I'm not paid to say this, but I did sign up and I did I stopped right there because they have a minimum one thousand dollar investment and that's outside of my boundary for play money and they also only have 20 private notes available so i just didn't like the odds right now but i am going to watch it and i will report back isn't uh lending loop a peer to beer peer that's lending peer to beer that's what we need a peer to beer lending group i like that <laughs> peer to beer uh, is, is our website <laughs> buy yeah. us a beer uh, Isn't lend- Lending Loop a peer-to-peer private lending network? No, but Lending Loop is lending to businesses where this is lending to individuals for like credit card consolidation, that kind of stuff. They're still peer-to-peer. I understand it's still peer-to-peer, but one you're lending to businesses, the others you're lending to individuals. I did specifically say the first peer-to-peer private lending instead of corporate lending, business lending. Okay semantics but it's the first platform of that type in canada yeah it'll be interesting to see how that goes and you know they're offering i mean we're way off course here as usual but they're offering anywhere between seven and twenty percent so it's interesting but it's not a place where i'm going to invest a lot of money so anyway and not a thousand neither would my wife not a thousand yeah tying it back in that's neither would my wife there you go there you go. <laughs> but I do tell her about it. And maybe that's the part where it's the uh, individual things I want to spend money on are interesting things like that. There you go. Now, when it comes to 
your journey to financial independence, have you figured it out to arrive there at the same time? Or does that matter? Or I guess, are they on the same page that that's the sort of end game? And as your joint net worth gets to that point where you're basically become FI, then you make that decision. I think I'll just start off. I think for us is we're joint and we have a, because we're combined, we look at all our investments holistically. We have one goal of net worth and passive income that'll mean FI for both of us at the same time. 100% the same way. I don't think I can be FI without my wife being FI. Like we like to spend time together. We want to do stuff together. So it's not like, oh, I could be FI and she's still working. Like that's no, we're a combined unit. We have combined finances and we will be FI together or we will not be FI. So that's all fair. But once you reach FI, will one of you fire while the other doesn't? Is that a possibility? Absolutely a possibility. Uh, I, think, there's no, I think it's very fluid, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're if we're enjoying what we're doing, we're not going to stop or force each other to stop. But at the end of the day, I w- wouldn't be able to call myself like, I could stop working right now and we could afford to live off my wife's salary. I don't really consider that being fi. No, but yeah, yeah I it, think we should throw out there that there's no spousal fi <laughs> if that exists. But yeah, I mean, we've all agreed that fi is is the ability to choose what you want to do with your time. So the ideal the ideal situation is when you both get there, you both are able to make that choice and choose something meaningful, right? Design your life. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's always a work in progress, though. You know, two people. There's always some different thoughts and different opinions. And I participate a lot more in the community than my wife does. And so I talk about it a lot more. But I think through repetition, a lot of the same thoughts and theories sort of come up over and over and over again that they make sense. And it's we've she's kind of adopted them and be like, okay, I get it monthly passive ETFs, let's just do it, set it, forget it, keep it going, work towards the future, right? Keep it keep it simple and the day-to-day spending stuff. I know lots of people do use YNAB, they, they get complicated with budgets or do it however they want to do it. And that's just going to come down to what works personally in your relationship, right? For me, I like everything in one place and it all gets spent where it needs to get spent and it keeps it super simple. That works for us. I mean, the KISS strategy is the best, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Well, I mean, we could get deep into the weeds here talking about big ticket purchases and real estate and all sorts of things and how you have those discussions. But I think... Sometimes you just look for Interview... (laughs) Heads or tails. There you go. Sometimes that's the only option. You know, when you choose your partner, when it works out, when when love's involved, money usually isn't the first thing you discuss. It's probably not the thing you discuss for quite a while, but it's uh, everybody knows that it's one of the number one stressors in relationships. So figure out what works for you and uh, try and Make align your work. goals. Makes life a lot. Yeah. Align the goals. It makes life a lot smoother. Yeah. Also get more money. <laughs> Less stress. 
So the beer that I was uh, that I am never to taste. Uh, how is that hazy pale ale? Because that are, those are some of my favorites. Uh, yeah, it is delicious. I'm drinking yours right now. Actually, I cracked open <laughs> the one I had brought back specifically for you, <laughs> and oh, I man. thought you said you were drinking the one for me, and now you are drinking the one for me. Yes. No, I drank mine first, and now I'm drinking. <laughs> I guess we got a road trip to you to Whitehorse. You know. Fifteen sixteen is totally drinkable. I'd forgotten that. Yeah, it's a nice beer. Yeah, it's no no lucky lager. Don't get me wrong. True, but it's a nice beer. Well, you know that's why I switched to Rainier this summer for my camping beer because it's just mountain fresh, easy drinking, and let's be fair, it's twenty bucks for a fifteen pack, so it's financially savvy beer buying too. There you go. Because honestly, like that. sitting in front of a campfire, I mean, I love my I love my tasty beers, but sitting in front of a campfire, really, your beer doesn't taste that good because you just need you just need a campfire smoke. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I think you should be grabbing salmon packs. I mean, I do love a good salmon pack. We should have we haven't had a salmon pack episode. We should have a, a episode we where we have drink a salmon, a salmon pack. pack. That'll be a two hour one. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I love I'm that's immediately what we're doing the next time we can all next, be in the same room. Exactly. Clearly I don't know what a salmon pack is. So we'll leave that hanging for the next episode when they tell me what a salmon pack is. Well, then tune in next time, gang. <laughs> <laughs> Adios. Just a closing remark here. Thanks again to all our listeners out there and we have finally managed to get the website whole again so all the episodes are there for your listening pleasure and of course the economist we've reinstated the buy us a beer page so if you love the show and you'd like to keep listening to a bunch of jack wagons talk about personal finance <laughs> you can buy uh, well apparently the accountants one beer up on us so the economist and the money mechanic would love to have a beer and we do appreciate you listening. And uh, the economist, you put your hand up. You had one, some very important thing to say before we sign off. I don't think so. If I did, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> right on. We'll catch you next time. Till oh, yeah. next time. Farewell. <laughs> <laughs>